tokusatsu, taking the form of many shows including Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Metal Heroes. And today, a group of fans come together to review it for you as Toku Secrets. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Toku Secrets Podcast presented by AnimeSecrets.org. I'm your host, Boken Silver, Nathan DeSoff. And today we are finishing yet another Super Sentai series as we take a look at Juken Sentai Geki Ranger in its in-game arc, Lessons 44 through 49. We once again have the whole crew in for this, so uh, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, guys. Patrick Chicken Red here. Rizwan Gokai Red. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Koyu Green. All right. Uh, we got a lot to talk about because we're not only uh, talking about the in-game story arc, but we're also uh, going over... Uh, this is basically going to be... Well, not our final, final Geki Ranger-related thing because uh, we're going to be doing one other thing related to Geki Ranger, but I'll talk about that at the very end of this podcast. Um, so let's give a brief recap on uh, what happened in our last uh, Geki Ranger review. So uh, we had a three-way battle between the Geki Rangers and Kensei, the Kenma and uh, Ryo and Melee. And long story short, uh, that battle ended with Ken gaining control of Psydai, a powerful rhino Geki beast made from the soul of Bruce E, who's the creator of Juken. Um, Psydai is able to transform into its warrior mode Psydio and can combine to form some other ultimate mechs, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, Psydai had a, had a massive power bloom that increased the power of the Geki Rangers and Rinjuken Warriors. The Geki Rangers defeated the Kenma, Katam, and Maku. Uh, Rageku was killed by Long um, before he revealed himself to Ryo. Uh, Long what revealed to Ryo a new type of Juken called Genjuken, which draws power from mythological creatures. And Ryo and Melee underwent blood ceremonies to become Genjuken warriors. Ryo gets the power of the Griffin. Uh, Melee, the power of the Phoenix. Um, and Long also has his two partners, which include his Basilisk Fist, Sanyo, and the silent chimera fist, Sugu. And in the last episodes that we covered, uh, at least before we had a really lame Christmas episode, um, Sugu was actually revealed to be a reborn um, Don, who, long story short, is a former student who trained alongside Ryo, uh, Miki, and Go, and he is also apparently Jan's father. So, uh, yeah, uh, here we are. so uh, we got six episodes. So um, I'm go. So I'll go um, over each of these. Um, I'm not. You know what? I- I'm done naming these episodes by with their names. These names are just stupid. I'm finally done. So <laughs> I'm just not gonna call them out. It was amazing that you made it this long before you stopped. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I'm just going to um, break these down. Uh, we'll go over um, pretty much the big, uh, all the big things. So um, so the first two episodes of this in-game arc um, revolve around uh, John's battle with Rio, uh, pretty much in this two-parter. Uh, so in the first part, John battles um, Sugu. Uh, he wants to free his father's spirit while Rio's using him to kind of... Uh, um, Prove that John is a worthy opponent. 
Um, we get a big battle between John and Sugu where he actually defeats uh, Sugu but finds himself unable to finish him off. And while this whole episode, while this whole thing is taking place, Go is undergoing training with one of the Fist Sages, uh, Michelle Pang, to um, get training because he actually wants to face Rio himself. And that actually leads us to Lesson 45, where Go confronts Rio. And, but of course, he gets defeated. And that ultimately ends with uh, John. Um, John ultimately kills Sugu and releases the soul of his father. And now motivated to avenge his father, John accepts his battle with Rio. Uh, we get the big climactic battle between John and Rio, which is yet again one of those battles where uh, somebody's uh, visor gets busted open. So you know that this is a pretty serious battle. Um, John defeats Rio, but then at the very end of it, um, Rio turns into this big, like, feral, mindless creature who grows giant, and Long is all excited because, um, you, for what's happening. And, uh, Melee had overheard some talk from Long and Sanyo about, um, like, some personal motivation of Long's, and she calls out to Rio, and that causes Rio to snap out of it, and they flee from Long. Which then leads us to episode 46, where uh, we get a massive, massive, massive plot twist. So I'm going to try to give the details here. Um, so, so we find out how John's mother died. Um, he was, she was killed by a dragon monster, which turns out to be Long. Long was a dragon monster. He turned into his human form and he killed John's mother. And when they confront Rio at the same place where his family was killed, uh, Long reveals himself and admits that pretty much everything that's happened in the series, he's been behind. So Long wanted to, wants to destroy the Earth. Uh, why does he want to destroy the Earth? Uh, because he's immortal and he's bored. So, Yeah. <laughs> I actually really like that motivation. I think that's perfect. You know, you're immortal and you hate living forever. You're bored. Yeah, that's. I, I, I'm gonna give you a, a line that Alfred said from Batman, from the Batman Dark Knight series. Sometimes people just want to watch the world burn. Mm -hmm. Um. So, Long is immortal, and he wanted to create some entertainment for himself by watching the world burn away. And in order to do that, he wanted to find someone worthy of turning into the god of destruction. Um, he initially tried to do it with Maku. Um, th th so that's how, um, you know, Maku, Kata, and Rageku turned evil, because he tried to do it with Maku, but he had a hard time controlling Maku, and they turned into Vakinma, and then they were defeated, so he had to wait until another ideal target came, and then Rio showed up, and he killed Rio's family to, in order to kind of turn Rio into this guy who wanted to become stronger, and he spent every single moment from that point uh, manipulating Rio's life to ultimately drive him to becoming this emotionless warrior who only lived to fight so that he could become the god of destruction. So... We can literally say, since we've been kind of comparing this to Star Wars in a lot of ways, Rio is Darth Vader, 
and Long is Emperor Palpatine. I mean, in some scenes, Long literally has a hood raised over his head, so Long is, Long is literally Emperor Palpatine in this equation. Um, so, um, so we have that big twist, um, but unfortunately at the end of this episode, uh, Long realizes that Rio cannot truly become the god of destruction because Melee is holding him back. So he kidnaps Melee, which then leads us to uh, Lesson 47, where uh, the Geki Rangers try to save Melee while Rio is all broken and lost because he realizes that everything that he's been living for was all just manipulation. But then uh, the Geki Ranger, uh, John, convinces him that he loves Melee and that he should, you know, and that, you know, his relationship with Melee is true. And that wasn't something that long created. So. Uh, Rio joins the Geki Rangers and they help them and they save Melee. Um, they so we have all the Geki Rangers, including Rio and Melee, transform and they battle. They defeat um, Sanyo and Long, and um, but unfortunately, uh, at the end of that episode, uh, Sanyo revives, which then leads us to Lesson Forty Eight, where uh, most of the episode revolves around Rio and Melee wanting. Uh, having like a battle between Ron and Retsu to be judged for their sins. But then, unfortunately, since you may recall, Long is immortal. So he returns and he devours Sanyo, turning into his true form, a multi-headed monster called the Mugen Dragon. Uh, this was the form that he killed uh, John. He destroyed John's village and killed Rio's family with. Um, and... Uh, Melee, eh, we get a really powerful scene where Melee gets killed while she is protecting John. Uh, she dies, and then Rio promises that he'll join her. Uh, Rio reveals that both he and Melee were intended to sacrifice themselves all along because they just don't feel like that, like there's any going back from what they've done. So he gives the Geki Rangers their ring key so that, uh, because he wants to merge the two schools of Rinjukin and Gekijukin together. Then he pulls this suicide attack where he jumps inside Long's body and kills him from within. But then, unfortunately, uh, because Long is immortal, he comes back to life again. And then that leads us to our final lesson, where the Geki Rangers battle against Long in their final battle. Uh, Go and Ken and the Kensei are holding off Long, and the Geki Rangers, um, the main three, are given this vision where they meet with the uh, three... Hinma, Rageku, Kata, and uh, uh, Maku, sorry. Um, and they get trained in the arts of Rinjukin, and then they return, and with and now that they have mastered both Gekijukin and Rinjukin, they're true masters of Jukin, and they use this power to defeat Long by sealing him away and trapping him within a golden orb. So they don't, they don't kill him, but they seal him away. And then we get our big epilogue scene where um, um, the Geki Rangers decide to train new generations of Jukin students to pass down the duty of guarding Long from generation to generation. Ron and Retsu are training students. Mickey's daughter Natsume is one of Retsu's students. John goes out on a journey to find new students. Uh, Ken gets a job at uh, Master Elahong's factory. Uh, Go and uh, Baye are going out on their own journey and we get this big credit scene where 
we get flashbacks, and then we get a post credit scene where uh, John is in Hong Kong, and he runs into a boy who looks like Rio as a kid. And then we get a preview for the next Sentai, Engine Sentai Go-Wanger. Then we get the handoff where, you know, uh, Geki Red hands off to Go-On Red, and then that's a wrap. Uh, we're done with the Geki Ranger story. Um, so, yeah, I just... I spent quite a bit of time talking. Anybody want to um, start talking about how this in-game arc, what they think about it, particularly Riz or Patrick? I'm going to jump in because I know Riz is probably going to take up a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, knowing how he was talking before we started. Um, first of all, I was actually not prepared for how long was handled in this arc. and. I kind of dug it. Like, I, I wasn't sure... Like, because it was kind of obvious that he was the thing that killed Rio's parents. I mean, they, they were, they've been hinting yeah. at that for like 10, 15 episodes. Um, but the rest of the story was the part that I wasn't expecting. He was behind... He was basically behind the death of both of John's parents and all the strings he pulled behind the scenes. It was kind of interesting to me and i i like a villain who who's just evil for the sake of being a crazy person i mean that's people like the joker is a villain so much his motivation mm -hmm. his he doesn't have anything like super personal like because that's another a uh, good villain archetype is the the personal villain like astronomer or uh tanaya seven you know those are good villains also, but people always think, oh, there needs to be some deeper thing to make a villain good, and like, no, a villain can no. be crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what Long is. I don't like how he clearly went to the Omega Shinron school of not knowing when to die. <laughs> uh, was, yeah, I, I just finished watching GT for the first time a couple months ago, and I hated Omega Shinron for that very reason. And that was the first thing that was going through my mind. Is like he's he died four times. Just can can you just go away, or <laughs> um, please? <laughs> yeah, but probably the biggest surprise of this whole final arc was the fact that everyone really stayed dead. I was when when they died. I was sitting here thinking, okay, what kind of cop out are they going to have to make the two of them come back? And then the credits rolled. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> they're still dead <laughs> i wasn't ready for this yeah. um i think it was i think, I think that was the perfect way yeah I was, I was about to yeah. say i think that was that was good closure for their arcs a la the mcu version of black widow so it was it probably set wrong on a lot of people but genuinely it was a good way for them to go out uh but Again, I'm not talking about the main cast any. Go. They gave him this whole mini arc in the start of this thing of him. I want to learn this new power. Okay, cool. And then he uses it one time and it does nothing. <laughs> talk yeah, about exactly. a talk about a waste of everyone's time. Um That that kind of irritated me, I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. Like oh, it was cool funny. That, it was huh? cool that he managed to like kill like, you know, kill that one um Yeah. Against you with his power, but that 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 was it. Like <laughs> it was just like check out this cool thing. Jay don't care. 
But what's sad though is that he could have easily have beaten him if he just not revealed it in front of him. Yeah. (laughs) You've seen you you seen my skill. Now watch it again. (laughs) Oh, stupid. Um, but I don't know if it was me, and I'm gonna use this as a segue into this because I'm practically done after this. Did it me or did this final arc seem very pedestrian compared to? finale arcs that we've had uh, past. Like, Jin Kendrews felt like a big everything comes full circle story, and Jetman's was the final ending of personal grudges between them and Viram and everything, but this just felt like it didn't feel grandiose to me. Am I the only and one that felt that? I, I think maybe the reason why is, like, I don't know, like, for me, I think this in-game arc hit its peak when Ray, Rio and Melee died, because, I mean, like, Rizla that's, has literally said, like, at least... Yeah, know, that, what that, that's, that should have been what did it. It was Rio, Rio, Rio comes in and blew him up, and that's where it should have ended. Yeah. And then, and then the rest of it where, oh, we got sent into the Spirit realm and the three bad guys from before. I keep forgetting their name. The um, they're not important enough. And I hear yeah, I'm going to jump in, Patrick. The Ken, well, hold on, I'm not done yet. <laughs> but the, the Ken yeah. teaching them something off screen, like, like, and then they come back and they just know how to seal people away. Like, come on, flesh that out a little bit. <laughs> Seriously, mm-hmm. I mean, I you think make... the problem is just that we don't care about this main cast. Meanwhile, exactly. Riz has probably Riz has probably said like maybe five times in this podcast already that we want Rio and Melee to win unironically. So when they die, do we really have any investments in this cast anymore? Like and it would have worked too, because if Rio's the one that killed him, then technically he would have won and it would have worked. But no, this idiot can't die, so we gotta stretch this out and force the Geki Rangers to learn the ceiling ability off screen and then exactly. up here and then just do it and okay <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I don't know I'm kind of 50-50 on this ending really okay you're up to bat I've said my piece <laughs> oh boy okay <laughs> okay you got some popcorn no I hate that stuff they're <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>, fine <laughs> I'm going to start off by saying I was surprised at the ending for a couple of reasons. The first one was I love the Ryu Melee story. I think yes, the way that story progressed in the final arc was really well done. Yeah, I love everything how... from. Go ahead. I like because we've talked about this a little bit that. It almost felt like that Rio and Melee weren't necessarily evil. They were just... No, they weren't. And in this kind of brought that whole full circle, like, they found out that they were being used, and then the Geki Ranger come and saved them, and they were, like, immediately, like, okay, maybe we were on the wrong side the whole time. We want to make things right. Like, they were just good people from the beginning. And I like how there was no, like, super internal struggle with those two to realize that 
yeah, we would go with the Geki Ranger and finish this off. I like that. It's it's refreshing. Yeah, and like, yeah. I I think what I wanted to say when I was trying to cut in, Patrick, was <laughs> um, the thing you said with Ryu being the thing that kills Long and Long stays dead, mm-hmm. that's what I wanted. The yeah. last two episodes were super pointless, and honestly, this ruined an already broken season. So, like, what did we gain from having the Geki Rangers do all that crap? Like, we didn't gain anything, because like you said in the beginning, Go went off on his mystical quest to learn how to make water go up instead of down. Which is a cool technique, I guess, but is. he he literally failed to do it. And I'm gonna quote my friends over the Power Trip podcast here for a second when they were reviewing Operation Overdrive. Not that I'm saying that this is Operation Overdrive level bad because it's not, but yeah. they made a very good analogy that I like. The Sos creators of Operation Overdrive hated their main cast. And much like in that case, in this case, I think the Geki Ranger writers hated their main cast. So we already know Zahn's an idiot. We already know Zahn is terrible. That's mm-hmm. fine. Ron gets no development. Go she gets, gets robbed. Any characterization. Of... Hmm? She barely gets any characterization. Exactly. Go was given a chance to do something pretty epic, but it falls flat in like the first two minutes, and he never rebounds from that. Ken, I mean, he had that really awesome badass power, but it didn't really help in the end. Like in the end game, did that uh, Psyduck, Saigon, whatever mech help? Did that power help? Nope. Did getting that dagger help? Yeah, Violet, Violet and Chopper were basically irrelevant in these final few episodes. They were. It was all about the red, blue, and yellow. And Retsu, he had some pedestrian development in the beginning, honestly. Like, he he was going somewhere, but they didn't focus on him. They didn't give him anything more than one episode about his art career. And then another episode about his past growing up with Go. I couldn't you say that Go is kind of useless because at least with Ken, Ken at least defeated Kata. So he at least beat one big villain, but Go yeah. ultimately has no major impact on like anything because I don't think he defeated a, any major villain in this show. Go didn't do anything useful. Um, he was just there to make the characters somewhat likable. Like you, you can at least say that Ken defeated Kata. You can legitimately give up that. Yeah, no, and that's that's a fair assessment, and I agree with you there. But I mean, the entire time we're watching this, well, okay, when I'm watching it, I was getting invested with the story for the first time when I saw Go go off on a thing. Cause I was like, okay, finally Go's gonna do something, and my man's gonna, you know, he's gonna kick ass. He may not be the one to end it. Because we all know Zahn's going to do some walkie-walkie nonsense to end the battle. But 
when Go fell flat on his face and then he kind of went into the background for the rest of the finale arc, that hurt. Because he had a chance for greatness. He's been hinted at a chance for greatness because his power is not derived in the same way that the others are derived. He's special in a way that those guys are not. But they don't do anything with it because they can't. So he's wasted character potential. So the entire five are just wasted. There's nothing about them that's anywhere near good, in my opinion. Um, and honestly, Ryu and Melee stole the show. And they did a really good job overall carrying this thing from start to finish. Um, what I will say, though, is I hate Long. Long is one of the most boring villains I've seen in a while. He he keeps dying and coming back to life, and it just feels pointless. Like, okay, what are we trying to achieve here? I, I understand if, you know, there's some kind of bonding experience where the Geki Rangers were going to learn some big lesson or, or pull together some spiritual power and do something meaningful for their character development. That's why Ryu's kill was not acknowledged as the way to kill the big bad. I would understand that. I would be okay with it. I may not like it, but I would respect it. But they don't do anything that made sense. I mean, okay, yeah, they inherited the Rin Ziyukin, and that's fine. That's cool. I I, I get why they do that. They want to unify the schools and they want to do something there. But end of the day, the way they went about doing it was not well done. Like, they could have had the story stuff mixed in before now. Like, honestly, if we had had Melee and Ryu's story transition to being good guys like three episodes prior and they give the powers of the Kenma to the Geki Rangers as like a hey we're trying to make reparations here's something to help us in the fight to come we have this power but we want to give it to y'all because we feel y'all are the best use for this and then they went off and trained and learned to fight with Renjukin and maybe used those spirits that they had and done something with it. That could have been impactful. That could have been really cool. But they didn't. Um, honestly, there's just so much missed potential here. And it really hurts this season quite a bit. Like, I know, Patrick, you and I were talking in earlier podcast and off-podcast off about how an ending can salvage a season like how Sinkenzer did. This doesn't do it. No. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's it's somewhat enjoyable to watch like if you just turn your brain off and don't think about the details. But this just had so many things that made me realize nobody cared for the main cast. I mean, heck, the Kensei are more likable and more interesting than most of the main cast. Yeah, I And think, they're not even there that often. 
honestly, like, I think that's a pattern with just how Michiko Gyokote does her seasons because, you know, here's the thing. Okay, we're, we're never going to review Ghost Sager on this podcast, at least not in no. God, no. <laughs> but, but, like, it's a similar problem that I have with Ghost Sager. Now, the reason why I probably liked this and didn't like Ghost Sager was because I like Rio and Melee, and they, like, made this Sentai for me. That, but now with Ghost Sager, they kind of try to do that because in the very last like couple of episodes, they give uh, uh, Brajura that that's a uh, Brock's counterpart, uh, mm-hmm. Brock from Power Rangers Megaforce. Um, they they give him like this big arc, and they have a big twist with him. Which I mean, it's okay. I mean, it, but the reason why I consider that the worst is because ima- if you want to imagine Geki Ranger. Except it doesn't even really have interesting villains. That's Gosager. Except you don't have interesting ranger characters and you don't have interesting villains. Yeah, no, they're all terrible. It was all terrible. So the the thing here is after I finished watching Gekki Ranger this morning, I gave it a lot of serious thought. I reflected back on our podcast up until now, the journey we went on as a group. Mm -hmm. And something that you guys said in the beginning before the podcast began and during the podcast is the Geki Ranger lore and the story is much better than Jungle Fury. Having gone through everything, I don't see it. Yeah, me the, either. Like, I feel like the idea of Dicey and the Jungle Fury lore is handled much better than anything we've seen in Geki Ranger. Like, honestly, if you hadn't told me, I would have assumed that Geki Ranger is a cheap knockoff of Jungle Fury. Because the lore is not interesting. It's pedestrian but the lore is confused. Like, the lore is kind of a, not really explored upon that much in Jungle Fury, though. Yeah, I mean, it's but more it's fleshed still... out. It's more fleshed out here, but it's also very, like, basic. It's convoluted. I, I can give you that. It's yeah. super convoluted. Like, okay, so we have Long. He has, like, no way to die because he's immortal. But at the same time, he drives his immortality from the other little general guy. Sanyo. Sanyo. Who says, like, that's just so... It's too many layers. Like, they're trying to do too much in the last three episodes to make it seem like an impactful story and none of it stick. They had this idea that you guys are harping on in the beginning about the triangle and how important that is and how cool that is. But honestly, after like episode 20, the triangle is never referenced. It's never useful. It's never brought up really, except when Ron says, we need heart. We need heart. And I'm like, okay, you need heart. What are you doing as a cast member to bring that about? And the answer is not much because you're not really developed. You're not really getting any characterization. You're just kind of there. And also, while we're on the topic of Ron, she is the team captain. But aside from that one time when she's bickering about getting control of Psyduck, she doesn't actually portray any interest in being captain or even mention this as captain. It's kind of just, they're kind of leaderless, and they all kind of do whatever the hell they want whenever they want. There's no leader in this Sentai, really. 
So, yeah, I don't see, I don't see what Anthony and you were saying about when we get to the ending, we're gonna see a different side of Geki Ranger because I don't see it. Well, with me, to be honest, like I, I had only watched Geki Ranger once, and this was like you know I was. I mean, this was probably like eight years ago, so I was a lot younger. It, it, it's going to be very similar to like how I was when like I absolutely loved uh, Geo Ranger when I first watched it. It's it was a style over substance thing for me. Honestly, mm -hmm. rewatching it now, okay, I don't hate it, but like even before I had like now here's the thing: never at any point did I say that what I put Geki Ranger in like my top ten. Favorite Sentai's. I I would probably put Rio and Melee as like in my top five favorite villains, but uh, I would never put any of the uh, Geki Rangers except maybe I I don't know where I would fit Go and Ken, but I would never put any of the Geki Rangers, especially the main three, anywhere near my top uh, of their colors. And well, so Go is very underdeveloped as well. Though is a problem. Yeah, I know. He, he at least does something, and he's not like he's not I mean, like like the the main three. I would say. Yeah, he that. had he had a relatively well established character, which is yeah. more than we can say for most people in this show. Yeah, it was a style over substance thing for me, and honestly, like I, in fact, I was honestly kind of worried about revisiting this Sentai because, like. I remember reading a lot of reviews about it, like, you know, how a lot of the the Toku fandom as a whole view it. And to be honest, a lot of the complaints that we have in this podcast are similar to what a lot of people say, where, you know, Geki Ranger has two really amazing villains, but the main cast is boring. And, you know, I was kind of afraid, like, okay, like, watching this again, you know, knowing everything that's going to happen with, like, the twist and everything, like... I don't know. It's kind of similar to how Patrick and I have kind of a different view of Jetman after watching it the second time. You know, like we yeah. used to love it. So, and but the difference between that and this is that Jetman is still something that I love, even though I might rank it down a little bit less. But like with this one, I never loved it. I liked elements to it, but it was never it was never nowhere near my favorite Sentai. The problem with Jetman was. There is a lot of small things that kept it from being really good. Mm -hmm. Like, we had decent characters. Like, we had Black Hunter as an amazing character. I, like, one of the best in Sentai. But, you know, like, the same problem exists there where we don't get some key development that we would have wanted in favor of other development that we didn't want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that that's what kind of brought down Jetman a little bit for you, and I get it. I mean, I think I gave Jetman like a average score when we did the review for that, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. But in this case, if I had to go off of the um, S tier rating scale, I would firmly place this in a low D. As in terms of like the overall Ranger cast or season. Oh, is the season as a whole. Right. It's a D tier to me. Yeah. 
Like, I know you say it's 50-50, Pat, but... I mean... I have harsher opinions on some of it, I think, than you there's, might. There's probably only two seasons that I've seen that I would put below this. Let me guess. Zero Ranger is one of them. Zoo Ranger and O Ranger. And that's because those two seasons are just legitimately terrible all around. I mean, I'm a couple episodes into Zero Ranger right now, and I don't see it yet. Yeah, well, it, oh, it's... It starts off pretty nice, like the first five or so episodes are good, and, and then it's just downhill from there. Yeah, um, that, I that's hope, what it is. But I hope I, I would probably, I would probably put this season on par with something like Q, um, Q Yoger, um, the Dinosaur season. Yeah, the Dinosaur. Yeah, I, I, I had no, a ton of I wouldn't, to I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put it there because at least, sure, you, sure, you. Yeah, Kyo Uger, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would put it on par with that. I think was a lot better. I mean, it, I would probably agree with that if it wasn't suffocatingly uh, red-centric. It, yeah. it, did, it did give every character a personality, but it also didn't develop anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it still did a better than Gekki Ranger, though. You have to admit that. It, no, it, it did. And when when Kyuuju was entertaining, it was really entertaining. But there's also not much substance to it. I mean, so I would probably put Kyuuju a little. I would probably put Kyuuju a little bit above this. Okay, I can look at that. I don't particularly care for either of them. <laughs> Honestly, no. I, I, that's a legit thing. I agree with you there. I, I just wanted to point out that Gekki Ranger is not anywhere on the same level. It's lower. Yeah. What about uh, Riz for you? Uh, where would you put this next to? Uh, um, okay, I don't want to count Mean Ninja because we never finished that. But like of the Sentai's that we completed, uh, I think you've kind of said that Tokyo is probably the worst that we've done all the way through on this podcast. Would you say this or Tokyujer is the worst? Okay, so I haven't seen Tokyujer since what, 2017 or? Well, earlier than that, I think it was like uh, 2014. Okay, whenever Tokyujer came out, whenever that was, that was, if you're saying 2014, that's almost a decade ago. Exactly. Um,. Honestly, I don't remember Tokyo that well. But if I had to go off of memory, I'd rather watch Tokyo than this again, if I had to pick one. Really? Oh, wow. I'd rather watch Tokyo. Like, the only reason I would ever come back to watch Geki Ranger is if I really want to watch Melee and uh, Ryu. But. I can get that same desire, I think, from watching Jungle Fury's Jared and Camille. They're not anywhere near the same, but they get the job done for what I'm looking for in characterization. Like, Jared and Camille are the lesser versions, but I'd still... Yeah, they're rather not bad characters, them. yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but I'd rather watch them in a good season like Jungle Fury than a crap season like this. I think, okay, with uh, 
you not exactly singing this season's prices. I th- I think the big elephant in the room needs to be addressed then. So, uh, Anthony, yes. seeing as you're the person who recommended us watching this Sentai, what are your thoughts watching it again? Hmm. Honestly, it reignited my love for Rio and Melee, honestly. Like, that's probably the reason why I was really into this show, because I was like, like the villain, I like the villains more than anything else. And I honestly tended for like you, both Patrick and uh, Riz to, you know, like, like these characters more. Cause I wasn't really thinking about John. Cause John was like, whatever to me. Wait, what were you saying, Anthony? I didn't catch that. I, I didn't understand what you're trying to say. Did you, did you not hear it earlier or? No, I, are you trying to say that? You thought that we might like the other characters that are not Zon? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I like Chopper. And I like Violet. I'll give you that. They're, they're decently high C tier, low B tier to me. Okay. I think, I think Ken deserves to be in a high B tier. Like he's not he's not an amazing like he's not amazing or undergoes development, but I think he's a fun character. He's so. definitely okay, if we're going off of fun and entertaining, Ken's like a high B tier, I'll give you that. But in terms of characterization, um he's a B tier at least. Go Goes as high C, low B, dude. I, I'm not. I'm not budging on that one. Like I thought he was gonna be amazing when we first got him. Yeah. But he started to not do anything, and it. He felt like an afterthought in some of these uh, battles we had. And it's not even his fault either. It was just how he thought like character, how they show writers like ridding him, like. Yeah, because like I said, he had that whole thing with him, like being able to control, able to like uh, control his get his geki because he's you know he had the pretty much the incomplete version of what Master Shafu and the other other people have and the other can say have. Yeah, I mean, I, I, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, Go you ahead. know, there's a problem with the season when. The villains and the side characters are more entertaining and interesting than the main cast. I like the more I sit here and think about it, the more I think that there's a lot of similarities in terms of concept between this and Shinkenger, and it really should have taken the tone of Shinkenger. It felt like Geki Ranger was trying to be more of a goofy season, and it just didn't work. So here's. Here's how I'm going to relate Geki Ranger to Sinkenzer. You all know I hated Sinkenzer for most of the season because I hated Takaru until the end, right? Yeah. Okay. Here's what kept me going with Sinkenzer despite that. The other four, and then later the other five Rangers, were spectacular. They had great plot, great characterization, great stories, great arcs. They were all really awesome. I wouldn't... 
I'm hard pressed to say that any of them are lower than the A tier, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though I hate a talker, even though I didn't really care for some of the plot early on, I was invested in these characters, and it was enough to keep me going. And then when we got to the end, I was like, oh, this the spin on the plot, like this entire thing is just amazing. This makes Takuru an amazing red. Like I understand now, and I think Takuru is amazing. But here, we have characters I don't care for. I have no investment in them. We have a story that is poorly written, is more centric on the villains, which is fine. I'm okay with a villain-centric story. That that's cool, but you gotta give us something on the main cast, but you don't. This and is then, a guy that really should have been given to one of the two goats of Sentai riding. Uh, those being a oh, and by the way, guys, I, um, back uh, who are listening, uh, this is eventually going to be a versus thing. Uh, Narohisa Arakawa versus Yasuko Kobayashi, who's the Sentai goat rider. Um, like, I, if either one of those riders had this Sentai, I think it could actually be a potential A tier Sentai. Yeah, it like, could have been. Yeah. Like, like, the more I think about it, um, because I, I'm looking at the list, uh, Shin Kenju's writer also did Ginga Man, which is another season I've seen, which was another season that had a really good cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, oh, dude. Th- this season could have really benefited from somebody like that. Yeah, because I think... Th- like I said, I think the Shin Kenju-Geki Ranger comparisons in terms of concept... It could work if you wrote it in a similar-ish fashion of maybe because Red having a a hidden backstory and having a trust issue. Like, John, make him a more serious character who he, he questioned why he was in the jungle and it was like haunting him or something. And he was almost like a, he was high tempered, but not in an energetic sugar rush way, but more in an, in a angry, how do I put this? An angry, almost like the, the, I hate the world kind of way. And it's a journey of, the others trying to help him find his place, and then when he does find his place, it gives him... When he does figure out his origin, it kind of gives him peace of mind or something. I think the decision to make John a, a goofy character, when his when his backstory is legitimately dark and depressing, and it it it, it clashed with his personality. If If they made him like Takaru, where he was a a serious, angry, troubled character, it would have helped. Now, granted, they would have had to have written everything around him better, but it would have helped the tone, because the tone in this season was just off the whole time. Can I can I cut in here for a sec? Go for it. Okay. I'm going to regret saying this, but Don in the last couple of episodes was the best he's been all season. What? Nani? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was. It doesn't mean he's good, Anthony. So get that out of your mind. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I had to say that. I had a joke with you. I, I knew, I knew, I had a joke with you on that. Just, just the. Anyway, <laughs> that was the best he's been all season, and here's why. He had a focus, he had a mission, and he had a purpose. He was trying to learn more about his family and where he came from. He wanted to find out more about his dad. He wanted to know about his mom. He was invested in avenging his family and avenging Ryu and Melee and saving them. He was focused, he was driven, and I liked it. It if he was like that from the beginning, if we had found him in the jungle, brought him to civilization, and instead of being all walkie walkie, I need to Safu, Safu, whatever, whatever the hell he says. And he had said, let me find my dad. Y'all help me. Or let me find my p- parents and my family and my people. And let me, you know, make a meaningful connection with them somehow. And that had been his thing. Similar to Tyler and Dino Stars when he was looking for his dad. And they or, and to go off that idea, they could have really <clears throat> had that emphasize him and Ryu, uh, Ryu's rivalry, Ryu's rivalry by John maybe assuming Ryu's the one that killed his dad, and it ends up being true, but not in the way he thought. And it yeah, it like it makes that dynamic between the two of them that was kind of awkward in this final arc where they were just all of a sudden like buddy buddies, it would have made them have like a, a gruff mutual like brothership or something. If they took that route with them, if they had brought up the rivalry with red and Ryu at like episode 10 and made that a thing like John and Ryu are fated for some big fight in the future and hinted at it foreshadowed it built up to it. Yeah. I think that would have driven John to be more interesting. And yeah. So, I and, mean, here's and, the thing. Go ahead. And to go back to the comparisons with Shin Kenger, that that that's probably the way... the I've been trying to describe what was the one thing that was bothering me about him this whole season. And what you just said kind of finally made me put it to words compare it to Takaru where you saw that he had a direction and a motivation and you know something to keep him going but John with especially since they built up to him having this big twist and a mystery about him and everything he was a very directionless character yeah 100% he had no purpose yeah and literally existed to annoy everybody and the ideas that you and i are throwing around gives him a character path which my god he desperately needed that <laughs> they all needed it pat not there's not a single person in the main cast i mean he didn't need that if if ron and retsu were more so of supporting characters to help john along his path with john being the main focus character, I wouldn't it wouldn't have bothered me too much. I don't I don't necessarily need all three of them to have a path. It would be amazing if they did, but 
if you well, could have them just be supporting characters to help him on his path, and it would made it would have made them interesting because they would have had their own ways of helping him. But well, okay, so hear me out. I think if they had at least made Ron more motherly or big sisterly to Zon, yes, and gave him support and said and try to teach him and make him a better person and to explain to him how to be a civilized human that would have made her stronger because then we're seeing empathy from her and mm -hmm. yeah. through her actions supporting him we could have seen her own personal dilemmas and seen her growth yeah that could have been beautiful and i mean look we've been on this podcast so far for about an hour give or take and already, mm -hmm. we've written a better Gekka Ranger than Gekka Ranger did. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah, because Ron is a very... They say a lot about her, but she ne never actually shows what they s tell us about her. Yeah. Well, so... Like, okay, they give her a lot of weight. They give her more weight than they give to Retsu by making her captain and by giving her that designation, that title, like... I know I keep harping on that title, but that's a big deal. If you're going to mm -hmm. tell me she's the leader of the Sentai, in the same vein that Zen was the leader of Time Force, in the same vein that uh, Delphine and Die Ranger White were for their respective seasons, were the leader, or even Taylor from Wild Force was the leader for a while, I could have seen it if they had done something with it, like sewn her you know, trying to become the leader for something. But nothing. Like, I, I think about it this way. If if Rep, if um, John and Retsu had a, to delve into Digimon a little bit, a Masutoma dynamic, where one's the wild the one who's who clearly doesn't understand social cues. <laughs> I'm taking a jab at Masaru there. And Toma's the high class <laughs> kind of sophisticated one who sees him as an underling and they're butting heads and she's the one that holds everything together. She's the level-headed one and she's the most sane one to lead the team. Then you would have had internal conflict and clashing personalities to bounce off of one another. So, but, yeah, it's just, it's, they're like walking characters, characters almost. There's, they tell us things about them, but they're never really shown or anything. I mean, we don't even get told a lot, honestly. Like, what did Ron have one episode that delved into her backstory and it was like two lines of dialogue. <laughs> we didn't get that. I mean, it was girly. What the heck? I mean, if you want my honest opinion, and I feel like y'all are going to disagree with me, but screw it. I think Zia from Megaforce had more development than Ron. And she had no no episodes to herself, mind you. I, I, I exactly think my point. 
Gia had say a, development, but Gia had a clear personality. Yes, she had yeah. an actual character to her. She was an actual character. You knew who she was. You knew what she was about. And she had no story arcs, but you at least knew what you were getting into with her. With Ron, I still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I finished the dang season. She's just nice. That's all. That's all it really is to her. She's just I mean, nice. That's not okay, even that's inherently not... true. No, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying like to like. I'm. I'm not like def- like defending her in any guards. I'm just like. I know. Saying but... that's all she has. Like that's all. I know. She but that wasn't even inherently true either. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, she was kind she of mean had, sometimes. She had yeah. She had episodes where she just went like full bully on people for no reason. Yeah. So I don't and, I don't know. <laughs> and it's it's hard to also classify Retsu because in some episodes he's super nice, super helpful, but then other episodes he's an asshole. Straight would up. It, would it be too much for me to say that Retsu and Go's personality should have been flipped? You feel like he should have been more of like a like yeah. Retsu should have like been stoic. Yeah, the more more stern, no crap attitude guy, and then Go was the more kind of soft, laid back one. No, it would have got like comp. Well, I don't, mm, I don't, I don't think, think so. Because I, I mean, think... Go and John had some nice moments of he kind of especially during like these final bits these final few episodes even going back to the the two-parter we had last episode he kind of got in john's face a little bit when he locked up you know it was something i feel like if we had that personality with him since the beginning of the season it would have been something well, so here's my thing. I think Retsu was supposed to be the stern, stoic, serious character. Yeah, that was what we got in the first couple of episodes. Yeah, I was about to say, that's how he felt at the beginning. Yeah. But then he, he lost focus when we started getting all the walkie-walkie talk. <laughs> like, he... He devolved into a non-existent character, and then he came back soft-spoken. They yeah, were that was too- so weird going back to watching Echo Ranger and like I'm thinking that he was the stoic, cool type, but then but then I was like, no, no, I was wrong. It felt like they was never a fan of him at all. What? What, Nate? I was never a fan of Retsu in general, even when yeah. I first watched this season. No, Retsu had nothing going for him. And- um... I think a problem, a way we could have fixed that is, and it, it's it's a, it's something we've touched upon a lot when we talk about talked about this season is that they accepted John into the team too fast. Yeah, they okay, burned and- through character moments, character plots, and just they just burned through this stuff way too quick. And and this is my biggest problem with Geki Ranger and the reason why this is firmly in the D tier. They don't earn anything. No. They don't earn the Zords. 
They don't earn the super power up. They don't earn hell. They don't even earn getting the Rinzuken powers at the end. It's all just handed to them, like how Ghost handed out powers to people in Megaforce. Like nothing they did, or nothing they got. Sorry, was because of something they did. Yeah. Everything was handed to them on a silver platter. They didn't earn any of it. So the entire time you're watching the season, it's like, oh no, they need help. Oh wait, here's a new set of swords. Oh no, they're getting defeated. Well, hey, I know y'all didn't do the thing that would give you the power-up, but here's the power-up anyway. And, and so if, if we're going to say that Megaforce... Sorry, Pat, what? I was saying it's more egregious when we got to the, the introduction of the Super Geki mode. Because mm-hmm. we all had problems with how that was handled. Yeah. yeah. And especially John, like, my that, God. <laughs> that whole, like, what, two part or whatever, however long that was, like, two or three parts or whatever, that that's like a microcosm of this whole season. Yeah. No, it really is. And and to finish off my thought that I was trying to get out, mm-hmm. if we're going to say that Gosei and the Megaforce team was um was a D-tier season, which it is, um then this has to be a D-tier at the at best. I can make an argument for F tier if I really wanted to, but I'm not. Because I still think Ninninger belongs in F tier. Yeah, I was about to say, I can't put this in F tier because I've seen two seasons that are F tier. <laughs> this, yeah. this is better than those. It's. Yeah. I, I think it probably, is. There... I would say that this is probably like average as average can be. Like. Really, man, like. It's not even average, good. though, is the problem. Go ahead, Nate. Rio and Melee make it like a C tier for me. Yeah, me too. Well, okay. If you take Rio and Melee out, then it actually would be an F tier for me because if yeah. you take Rio and Melee out, this is basically just Ghost Sager all over again. And Ghost Sager was an F tier Sentai for me. But, mm-hmm. well, yeah. Okay, but you can't have two villain characters who are not even the main part of the show carry the entire season and expect it to be anything higher than a D or an F tier. Like, I mean, you, you I can't mean, make the argument that it's average if none of the main cast is worth the crap. Aren't the, I mean, we've seen, like, I feel like good villains can make a season great, because, you know, I'll be honest, like, like a, a perfect example is, like, Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, like, I'll be honest, aside from Leo, like, do any, like, okay, maybe Kendricks and Carone for, like, maybe one episode, but, like, are there, like, are the Galaxy Rangers even really that interesting of characters? Most well, of the time that people okay, talk about Lost up. Galaxy, it's all about Trakina. <laughs> no, 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 hold up. I think, if we're gonna go, if we're gonna go on that tangent, then... Carone is the most significant character in that season. Oh yeah, I know. Because I, I, her her 
her entire struggle from in space brought into Lost Galaxy and the way she had to come to terms with what she did in the past and how she can atone for the sins now, that made her one of the most compelling characters in the season. Well, I know, I know. I'm, and I'm not trying to... And Mike, and, Mike and Leo were also really good characters. Okay, Damon not... is average. Um, oh, I Maya like Kai. I like Kai. Deco, decoy. Kai was cool. I'm not trying to say that the Lost Galaxy Rangers are as bad as the Geki Ranger character, so don't get me wrong, but what I'm saying is that I think Trakina and her story is a bit more interesting than the Galaxy Rangers themselves. Now, I'm not saying no, that the Galaxy is. Rangers yeah. are terrible characters, but you, you get yeah. what I'm trying to say? No, no, no. But, but what I'm trying to say is at least in Lost Galaxy we had interesting characters with a very interesting villain. But we don't have interesting characters to go with a very interesting villain here. But I think but to be honest, like, but what, like, you can make the case that Rio does make this show good, though, because like his story, like, I'll be honest, like, Rio probably has like the perfect, like a as perfect a villain story as you can possibly get, where you know he's been manipulated his whole life by this guy who just wants to destroy the world because he's evil, and you know, but he thinks that he's doing this all just to become stronger, and then he finds out that he's been used all this time. And, like, the way that they end his story, like, it's the perfect way you could end it, where he feels like there's no going back, but his story doesn't on a great note, because when he dies, he is reunited with the only person that he has ever loved, and the only person who's ever loved him at all, and they get to live happily ever after. Like, it's a perfect ending, and I think that's powerful it's enough to escalate this otherwise really boring Sentai to a C tier because that story is amazing. It's an amazing story, but we don't we get that in pieces every now and then. Because most of the time we're not seeing the villains. We're seeing the Geki Rangers, mainly Zon acting like an idiot. But there's a lot of episodes so, that revolve specifically around Rio and Melee, though. Yeah, yeah, maybe like ten at most. No, still like a quarter of this season's length. Yeah, but uh... and even the episodes that revolve around the Geki Rangers, Rio and Melee have subplot. Yes, mm -hmm. they have subplot, but the thing there is some of the subplot that they do get that's not about Rio and Melee specifically. I didn't like the Kenma. I didn't like Long. So their involvement, their attempts to train and to manipulate Ryo. The only reason it worked for Ryo to be a great character here is because we like Ryo. But these other side villains that we had around him were... They didn't elevate it. They're I mean, I disagree with that. I I think Long's twist with how he's manipulating real, like I, I can understand why you think Long it what what you're saying with Long, but I do have to disagree. Now, I don't think he's an amazing villain, but I do think that his whole story of like 
he's immortal and he wants to watch the world burn because he's bored and he just wants to see something cool happening. I mean, you can say what you will about that being kind of like a very like non-imaginative motivation. But honestly, like sometimes you just need a villain that's just crazy and wants to watch everything blow yeah. up because he's bored. It's like what Patrick yeah. said earlier. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I like long as a, as a villain in, in as a character, but his execution of him just repeatedly coming back to life did kind of taint him a little bit. And, and um, that's the issue, is that Long could have been much more compelling had he died the second time. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it totally big ruined thing. him, but... It made him... It didn't ruin him. No, it didn't ruin him at all. It just made him very annoying. Let me give you that. Like, I do think the the final battle between the main three Geki Rangers and the uh, and Long, I I can agree with you that that was bad. I don't think that was necessary. That might actually be it, the more I'm thinking about it, maybe one of the worst Super Sentai final battles I've seen. It is. But, yeah, it's definitely the worst I've seen. Yeah, I would say of the ones that we've covered here on the season on the Token Secrets podcast, this might actually be worse just because, I don't know, it just feels like overkill. Cause the like, only finale that's worse is Decade. Okay. Yeah, but Decade is Common Rider and we don't. Yeah, we don't I, talk I know. We don't talk I, about, I would, about it. I would probably put. I'd, I'd probably put Cure Users <laughs> down here. Yes, I didn't like Curator's ending as much either, but I yeah. think I'd rather watch that than this. But again, Zoo Rangers was even worse because guess what? There was no final battle. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that yet. <laughs> well, spoiler alert: yeah. there is no final battle. It just uh, it 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 just ends. <laughs> so like, I, mighty yeah, I think the most suspenseful final battle that we... I, I mean, it would probably have to be Shinkinger, at least for the ones that we've, uh, um, you know, covered here on the podcast. I can't think of one, my favorite, off the top of my head since I've seen a bunch of Sentai, but Geki Ranger would always be ranked at the bottom for I, me. With that. Uh, sh sh yeah, uh, if we're talking about, like, best final battles from the seasons I've seen, Shinkinger, Kaku rank and honestly, Go on is really good too. Go on your final oh, yeah. battle. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, normally, uh, I mean, you know, just to kind of uh, move to like um, what we would do. So, normally here on a podcast, for those who are listening, this is kind of where I would have us want to like, uh, well, I mean, we've already talked about these characters a lot and like where we would rank them in their respective colors, but. Do we really want to do that, or do we just want to say that? No, like, they all suck. Yeah, yeah. I would. I don't know if I would put John at the bottom of my red, but he's like third worst, and the others, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. there's no point in us debating these characters because there's nothing interesting here. None of them are going to be the top five for any of us. Yeah. Well, where would we rank Rio and Melee though, like compared with like? Our other big villains, because we've had a couple. Like, um, obviously, we love Bosco. 
on uh from Gokaiger. I think he's Riz's like S tier guy. Um, you know, he Gray. was like the stakeout bowler from there. Um Gray from Jetman, of course. Uh do we want to put Juzo Fua as like the big standout villain for Shinkinger or Yeah. 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 He, he's much you know, better than Gokaku and uh what Akamaru. Yeah, he's better than those yeah. two. What would we rank Rio among those villains? Uh, I think he's better than Juzo. I think pretty comfortably, but Gray is still my favorite Sentai villain. <laughs> Bosco, Gray, Rio, then Juzo. Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty appropriate, and I think Melee would go up there next to Rio because Melee's a great I, 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 I consider also, Melee and Rio one unit. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. I would also probably I, I put Gosh. I would also probably put Gasha Skull up there with Ryu. With Ryo. Who? Uh, uh, that's... Uh, Rito's counterpart in Kaku Ranger. Gasha Skull. Oh, okay. So he's not a bonehead. No. No. <laughs> no. no. Oh, man. Far from that. No. He, he's such a good villain, Kaku Ranger, man. <laughs> he's wasted in Mighty Morphin, got it. Yes. Yeah. Very he, wasted. He's he's a he's the long lost member of the three Stooges in Mighty Morphin. Yeah. His his Sentai counterpart would legitimately kill Rito because he killed someone for a lot less. <laughs> yeah. So, I hadn't heard this from Anthony yet. What, where would you rank the season in terms of the uh, S-tier categories? Uh, i give it a C. Straight okay. C. And would you say, say Riz, that this is the worst Sentai that we've covered on Toku Secrets? No, because we also talked about Ninja at one point. Okay, at least you're not saying it's worse than Ninja. No, Ninja <laughs> still has a lawnmower episode. That's a fate worse than death for a Sentai. <laughs> it would mean, I'm not going to lie, there were points in the beginning when I thought Zon was going to be worse than uh, Aka Red. Or whatever the guy's name is. Aka Ninja. Aka Ninja, yeah, there you yeah. go. I haven't seen Aka Red like that, Riz. Look, it's <laughs> late. <laughs> it is late. <laughs> but but the point stands. I thought he was going to be worse than the Red Ninja. But after thinking about it and looking at how he grew in the last like, art bit of the story, he's a little bit more redeemable than Red Ninja to me. I understand he, that. It's it just... He's hot-headed, impulsive, selfish, and arrogant while being stupid. <laughs> Red Ninja is just plain stupid and hot-headed. You know, we've, we've sung Rio and Melee's praises a lot. Um, I, I, do, um, I didn't mention her in this segment because she doesn't really do anything much in the, um, in the endgame arc, but I do want to give a personal shout out to Miki because I think she was a decent supporting character. Like, yes, yeah, yeah. she was. She needed. She needed a lot. She needed more. Natsumi was a really good supporting character too, to be honest. Like, I'm gonna be honest. Like, watching this early on before Go and King came into the picture, Miki was actually my favorite character, which is I didn't until Go came around. Like. 
And I mean, I, I think the Kensei are fun characters. I mean, I, I like how they all have like some differing personalities as opposed to like, because if there's one, like, I think the Kensei yeah. are a little bit better than the Paishwa Masters with the, well, not all of them, but like some of the Paishwa Masters were unique. Like I think uh, the first three, uh, Finn, Swoop, and uh, Fant, I think they were all great characters, but then the three Spirit World ones, uh, what are the names? Uh, Rilla, Gwen, and Lope. They only appear in like two episodes. Like those if, characters. Okay. If the Paishwa so, Masters were more involved, like the the like they were in this season, they would have been better. So, yeah. So here's the thing. I'll agree with you for Safu, Starkey. I'm trying to think of their names right now. Batley and Elahan. Gory. Oh. Gory. But I don't see it for Michelle Ping. I don't know where you're getting Bat Lee. I mean, he might be Bat Lee was Yeah, yeah. I well, I mean, he had that one little like story with that woman in one episode, so I guess he had something yeah. going for him. He but something going and, on for him. But and then we thing just kind of appeared at the end to teach go the technique, but I don't know yeah. her personality truly. You know, and I think Pion, his whole thing was just like. I'm a gazelle because, you know, like John, John says, oh, he's a cow. And then Pion is like, no, I'm a cow. I, I'm a gazelle. And like, and then in the Christmas, and then in the Christmas episode, that English speaking boy said, oh, you're a reindeer. And he's like, no, I'm a gazelle. So that's literally his whole thing. He yeah. had a better personality during the, 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 the Geki training, the Kageki training arc. Cause like he come off kind of like, you know, Arrogant and kind of like you know stuck up, thinking he's better. Thinking he's better than them. But see, like Peon and Misilping, we don't really get a lot from them throughout the season. Yeah, they're very reminiscent of the single fairy counterparts in that regard. And by that I mean it, lacking a personality. Right. Because at least with Gory, like, Gory was more or less kind of like a... Gory was he, around. Yeah, and he he's he's kind of like a therapist. You just tell him about your problems, and he'll just tell you, hey, like, yeah. you need to do this, and that's probably going through. Because they do that literally in a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we want to give up? Do we want to talk about anything else? Because I think we've talked about the Geki Rangers in Rio and Melee to death. I'm not talking about the Gekko Rangers anymore. Where what would we give this Sentai out of, this is a new thing I get I, I think we did it in Jetman, and if we didn't, then this is a new thing now I think we should do. Uh, what would we give this out of ten? I'm going with I mean, I guess since I said this is like a C tier, I guess I'll give it like a seven no, probably like a six point five, which I I think it's technically a D, but whatever. Uh, I'll give it a six. It's getting a flat five. Okay. Yeah, I'll give it a four or five. Okay. And the season did so many things wrong. There is missed potential out the wazoo here. It had the marks of being really good, honestly, but it failed. And, and I think with like my, this, 
Go ahead, Riz. I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say, Anthony's going to like this. You have failed mm-hmm. fandom. <laughs> Go ahead, Nate. And I think with all these low ratings, uh, okay, people back at home, uh, I don't think we should do the Geki Ranger versus Jungle Fury video because that's just going to be a huge bloodbath. Okay, I, I can I, I can do it for you right now. You want me to do it? I'll do it. Oh, Jungle Fury story is better than the uh, Geki Ranger story. The main Ranger cast minus Dom is better than the Sentai mm-hmm. counterparts. Ken is better than Dom. Uh, Obviously, Rio and Melee are better than Zared and Camille. The morphs are the same. I mean, they're both equally cool. I think Jungle Furies is cooler. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. The pose is best cooler. The theme song for Jungle Fury is better than the theme song for Geki Ranger. Yow. Uh, <laughs> what? Hey, yow. <laughs> that. Th- that might be the most bold thing you've said so far. <laughs> That'll be that would probably be the only debate that we would have in that video. Yeah, really. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> there, I've done the versus video. We don't have to do it now. Yeah. He he legitimately hit all the points pretty on the nose. Yeah, um, so I apologize to everyone no, back at home. The supporting think... cast was better in um, Jungle Fury because Fran's better than any of these characters we had in the supporting cast. Oof. I might... I don't know. Like, I like Fran, but... No, no, I, and I'm not saying that Fran is a bad character. She's one of my favorite supporting characters, but I, I think you're kind of undervaluing some of the supporting characters. Like, I really like Miki, and I can understand if, like, you prefer Fran to all of that. So that's something I'll kind of disagree with. But even then, this is just, like, arguing, like, when, like, like... You're just arguing like, semantics at a point, though. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. So, like, there's no point in doing the podcast for that for the, yeah. our listeners back home. I, I was yeah. honestly expecting a more even fight from the beginning whenever you and Anthony both told me I'm going to like this one. I overestimated it. Yeah, I, I did too. But like I said, I pretty much was for sure know that they were like Rio and uh, Melee. Yeah. Also, I, have I, to- will, I, I will say this back to our listeners. We will try to do it with Mighty Morphin and G- only Mighty Morphin Season 1 and uh, Geo Ranger. Oh, um, God. <laughs> I will. Even though, Yay. according to Patrick, that'll be a bloodbath. Um, we'll definitely do it with Time Ranger. Because I think you guys will love that Sentai. And Ginga Ranger. Huh? And Ginga Man. Ginga Man. Yeah. Oh. And, and definitely a. Well, okay, we can't do Bokinger because that'll be a bloodbath. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, Bokinger, no, it, it, Bokinger wins by default. Wins <laughs> exactly. Wait, um, this is an in America? What? Uh. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll try to do the Sentai comparisons, but no. I don't know. Like, I, I think I overestimated just how underwhelming this Sentai would be. I underestimated how underwhelming this Sentai would be, and we just love Jungle Fury here on Tokyo Secret, so I don't think it's a, there's any so, point to talk about Nate, it. Nate, before we wrap up, there's something I remember Anthony saying that I wanted to clarify now that we're done. Mm-hmm. All right, Anthony. Do you remember yeah. how you told me I think last podcast and the podcast prior 
wait a few more episodes, Riz. You're going to find something really good about this season. Remember that? I thought the review was going to be, I thought the review with real was going to be like, and like be like mind blowing for you, but I guess I was wrong. I mean, it was a good reveal, but it wasn't like, it wasn't going to make the season go from being bad to good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm a man, I can admit my, no, I'm I'm wrong, so. (laughs) I I just wanted to call attention to that because you did promise me that I would at some point say this is a good season and the same way I said Sinkinger is a good season. And you didn't deliver, so I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I wanted to do, is call it out. That's that's fine, man. Thank, thank you for letting me know that. <laughs> there is one question I want to ask you. Uh, I, this isn't related to Keki Ranger, but I just want to have this on the record. Like You were saying that uh, none of the Shinkingers were like S-tier or something earlier. Would you say Kotoha is an S-tier uh, Yellow Ranger? Wait, I didn't say. I said they weren't. None of they the, weren't. I said below. none of the are lower than an A tier. Okay. Because please tell me you think Kota is S tier. I am. I implied there are some Sinkinders who are S tier. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put and words yes, in his mouth, mate. Kota is an S tier. To answer your question. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, that just randomly popped into my head. But... No, 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 you're, you're good. I'm glad you asked that, I, you know, we could clarify if I said anything, you know, incorrect or misleading. Because okay. I definitely want to make sure that y'all know that I think the Sin Kendras fall firmly in S and A tier, depending who we're talking about. Yeah. We should yeah, definitely do that. We should definitely do a tier listing once we've watched, like, a bunch of Sentai. We pro- I think we need to watch at least a couple of more. In order for us to do that, but I want to make a Sentai Dream Team based off on the ones we've podcasted. That'd yeah, be fun. <laughs> that'd, that'd be definitely true. Although I definitely want us to watch um, Time Ranger and uh, Gingaman because they yeah. they both have like a top two blues in my yes. opinion. Um, Ginga Blue was such a such a good character. <laughs> yeah, I also want to watch Abra Ranger before we do that. Yeah, because Abar Killer is like an S tier sixth ranger in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I have my I have my concerns on Decker Ranger. Looking at the reviews online right now, mm-hmm. that's it, it. It's debatable. <laughs> well, I, I think I think we'll cover that. To be honest, and okay, I don't think it's as I don't think it's bad. I don't think no. it's like this Sentai, but is it better than SPD? No. It's not. Well, okay, so the problem there is SPD is an S-tier Ranger season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> problem. But anyway, we're just kind of rambling on, guys. Uh, um, like, our next podcast was going to be Geki Ranger versus Jungle Fury, but that's... No, we're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> I don't want to turn that into a bath. Uh, Why are yeah, you forgetting I've already done it? <laughs> probably will do... A versus special again at some point where we compare two Ranger seasons, but we'll uh, we'll, well get. We do owe everyone back home. Dino Thunder versus Dino Fury. Yeah, we'll get that. We'll get those details ironed out very soon. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, uh, we are um, we're going to be taking a break from uh, Sentai uh, for the next uh, couple of weeks, uh, probably for uh, you know like uh, the next uh, four weeks. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at an older um, non-Sentai tokusatsu show called Gridman the Hyper Agent. 
which is roughly 39 episodes. So we should be able to get that done. Uh, and then after that, we're going to be returning to Sentai to... Uh, I am, we are actually going to be granting a request to Patrick, who really wants to rip this Sentai apart. Yes. Kill you, Sentai Geo-Ranger. Um, <laughs> and I'm, trying to, I'm going to try and defend it. Although before that, uh, we will do a full season review of the first season of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, at least. Oh, um, just to... Uh, <laughs> Um, and for the record, guys, you don't have to watch all those episodes if you don't want to. Um, but <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so look forward to that. Um, we thank you guys so much for joining. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, please leave your comments down below on what your thoughts are um, on Geki Ranger, um, especially those who uh, really like Geki Ranger, because I know there's a lot of people. Um, there's actually one podcaster who unfortunately doesn't do content anymore named... Uh, Ricky the Barkeep, he does the Onyx Tavern podcast. In the unlikely event that you're listening to this, could you please explain to us why Geki Ranger is your favorite Sentai? Um, and yeah, uh, I want to I want to take you for a drink, Mister Barkeep, and have a talk about that. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I don't understand. Well, he has some very weird opinions, which I'm not going to disrespect him, but he likes Operation Overdrive and thinks RPM is the worst season in all of Power Rangers. Get so. out. Get yeah. out. Get yeah. out. Yeah, I don't know. He didn't seem like he has. Anyway. Anyway. Um, <laughs> please like this video. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're not already subscribed. Uh, we'll give a personal shout out to those who listen to us on iTunes and Spotify. We thank you guys so much. We love you guys. Um, Please check us out at AnimeSecrets.org and check out Anime AnimeSecrets' uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram social media pages. Once again, we thank you guys so much for joining us through this uh, kind of difficult journey that was expected to be great, but turned out to be not so great. Um, but hopefully we'll have some many better adventures ahead of us. With that being said, we'll see you guys next time as we take a look at Gridman. But until that time, guys, we'll see you later. <laughs>